So basically, you have a licensed uh, Chrome OS box. I have a license to ill. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Every week, Wednesday night, right here, yet another texture.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, Ant Pruitt in the house. What's up, Ant? Hey, what's going on, Mr. Lee? Larry Press also joining us. Larry, you have a beard. When did wow. you when did you <laughs> grow that mustache, man? Wait, Whoa. no, let's talk about your beard. When did you grow that beard? That's tripping <laughs> me out. You didn't have that last week, right? Actually, I think Matt hey, hey, hey Ant, you've grown a beard too, haven't you? You didn't um, have that. No, that's that's just my dark skin. I'm sorry. No, the, I see. The <laughs> I don't I, wait, 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 wait. The top of your head looks different than the bottom of your head. <laughs> also joining us, Mike Rothman. How you doing, Mike? I'm just great, guys. How are y'all? Uh, a little backstory. Uh, the beginning of the show, before we start this, Ant's like, holy crap, Matt has a mustache. Look at that. And it just kind of devolved it from there. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, sweet. let's start things off big news all over all of the tech blogs i'm sure in the next week all of the major media outlets will have their scare stories the internet is broken encryption is broken ssl is broken tls is broken every website you use is broken so change your passwords once a week uh some truth to that not completely true but <laughs> Definitely something to to keep an eye on. Uh, It's called Bleeding Heart or Heartbleed. Uh, There's a really good write-up and just kind of like a summary. It looks like a research paper. Uh, I believe if you go to heartbleed.com, is that the – that's the main one that had like basically all of the information on what what exactly – uh, was broken, and then of course all all of the the tech blogs have have articles on it. The two I kind of wanted to focus on Bruce Schneier and Brian Krebs, obviously really really great voices in the the tech security industry. Uh, they've both been doing this for a really long time. Um, so basically, Open SSL is uh, an SSL that a lot of websites use. If you're not using what is the other one, like Microsoft has one. Uh, there's a few different ones out there. If you're not using that, you're probably using S- uh, OpenSSL. And uh, apparently in version 1.01 through 1.01F, these are different beta releases, different versions, uh, there is a little, uh, would you call it an exploit? A bug? Just just a little bug? Yes, yeah, definitely a little bug. Just, just a little bug. Um, it just 64k worth of bug. <laughs> I, I guess that's a that's a bad way to say it. What it allows you to do is basically uh s- retrieve memory just right out of the RAM in 64k chunks, and you can apparently do this uh, as many times as you want. Which, in essence, you could just keep doing it until you got the keys. 
you could do it. Take your 64K glob, uh, search it for text strings, search it for keys, whatever. And if nothing's there, then you get the next one. And you keep doing that basically until the server you're hitting gets patched uh, with the new open SSL, which is what, 101G, I believe? Dot, yeah, dot one G. And that had, uh, it's called a heartbeat. It, it, I forget, it's like a keep alive, right? It basically sends a packet, sends a pulse, uh, gets there, sends it back, and it's, it's literally like, it just a keep alive. Are you still there? Yep. Okay, good. That's where the bug is. So yeah. I guess they removed it in uh, the G version. And there was, uh, where was it? There was a really great list on, uh, I think, Netcraft of all of the <laughs> the different percentages um, that support this heartbeat. The, it's a TLS heartbeat extension that allows that, that keep alive. Um, and 82 0.5% no support none a large 12.4% of apache because open ssl is what apache uses by yep. default uh and then of course uh microsoft lite ttpd uh stuff like that so thoughts it, it scares me because i think of all of the servers across the web that's running Linux and Apache, you know, and I don't care if it's your bank or, or what have you. So everybody's running this stuff and, and it's, there was a vulnerability out there that nobody knew about until two days ago. Was it literally about 48 hours ago? Yeah. You know, it's pretty daggum scary and it's getting the keys to the server. Once you get the keys to the server, then you just do whatever the heck you want to, you know? But isn't this a uh, isn't this a case of a of a bug where the the chances of your being affected are so astronomically small that it's almost like how could this even possibly affect me? But are I they though, Mike? If you use Yahoo, they're one of the major ones that's vulnerable. Well, if you've got if you're using Yahoo, that's you got a Bigger problems. problems. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You just lost a sponsor. <laughs> Yahoo couldn't afford to get sponsored on this show. I'll just tell you that. Oh, yeah, it, it's definitely the case. If you there are there are I'm sure there are others besides Yahoo that have heavy investments that make use of this uh, open SSL uh library but and, and so if you're if you're a user of one of those services you want to go in and change your password that's real clear yeah but isn't it otherwise <laughs> really remote that you're going to be affected by this well I'm yeah unless hoping. unless you're running a server right yeah it only yeah. affects you if you're going to sites whose server is running it like yahoo or whatever if you're a server administrator the last day or so has been hell Right. And I mean, there's a huge list. If you go to uh, GitHub, I'll put links to this in the show notes at yeah, anothertechshow.com, but there's a there's a great post on GitHub, a big text file, of uh, somebody wrote a script that tested sites against this vulnerability. And there's a giant list of vulnerable, 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 vulnerable. So just nothing any of us probably use. I mean, nothing, a lot of stuff I've never heard of, just 
like random sites that have this this uh, open SSL library. Didn't you say uh, Netcraft had a gave percentages? Yeah, they did. That's yeah, but that's just servers. They didn't server. say specific website names. Uh, here's one like uh, uh, Yahoo, vulnerable, Imager, vulnerable, Stack Overflow, Flickr, uh, RedTube is vulnerable. So there's that. Uh, here, I'll, th- I'll throw this list. <laughs> no, but I, I'm just, Mike, why do you say it's infinitesimal if there's such a high percentage that are open? I'll bet, I'll bet all of us have accounts on at least one of one of them 500px.com vulnerable that's one i've heard of i don't have an account on it though i don't have an account on many of these duck duck go vulnerable (laughs) if this then that the vulnerability is um that uh when you when you ping uh the server uh with the right code it will return a chunk of its active memory right right Mm -hmm. And then you've got a the, the the hacker then has to parse the active memory to see if there's something usable in that chunk of memory or, at that point in time, or just get a hundred chunks, send it off to the process, and grab a hundred more while you're waiting for that to come back. I mean, there's ways to automate this and make it much yeah, I'm sure quicker. There are. Um, Slate vulnerable, XDA developers vulnerable, OKCupid okay vulnerable. So, I mean, I, I've heard of those, sure. Facebook is not, Google is not. Uh, tell, tell me about your knowledge of OkCupid. Okay it's vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, granted, didn't we talk about that like a few months ago when they got hit for their password database and was put out for like 100,000 people or something? I feel like that was a story we talked about uh, a while Very ago. Very likely. Um, I got an email from If This Then That. Did you guys um, get one? No, I don't use that. You know, um, well, I had tried using it in the past a few times. And in short, there's a sentence in here that says, uh, IFTTT is no longer vulnerable. Right. And that's the other part of this. Some people were saying uh, you might want to just take a break from the Internet for the next couple weeks. Because if you log into one of these sites while they're vulnerable and they're getting, you know, you have a a higher possibility of getting hit. So you might want to wait because they have to go through and revoke all of their keys. Uh, There's a way to do it in Chrome and I'm sure Firefox. You have to go Mm -hmm. into the settings and tell it to like revoke keys or something. And then you have to get a new key from each site. And I mean, it's a pain, but obviously nothing compared to the pain of, of having your, your digital life, you know, completely destroyed. I find it amusing that Reddit is not vulnerable, but Yahoo is vulnerable. I, I don't know. That's that's funny to me. Like, go Reddit. There's a difference <laughs> when it's a corporation running it versus... Well, sure, for sure, sure. I, yeah, but it still seems like with those numbers you're giving, I mean, just in which I've got an account on Yahoo. I don't use it much. I've got a Flickr account. I bet everybody in the world has an account on a vulnerable server. Just but then what does that mean? That's only bad if you use that same password across multiple sites, assuming they get your password out of all of the other. My my guess is they're more focused on 
the services themselves than the end user. I mean, if you want a password database, there's many easier ways. Well, I don't know. This is probably pretty easy now, but there's other, there's a lot better ways to go about getting it. Although this, uh, I think they said on, on the heartbleed.com site, there's no trace of this. Like you can't, if you run a server, you have no way to know uh, if you got exploited by this, which is kind of yeah, that, that's eerie. sort of spooky, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. That's totally eerie because usually there's always a footprint, right? Yeah. You can almost always, always logs, error logs, server, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I was gonna nope. say, it's usually somewhere in a log. Um, and the good, the good hackers they tend to hide it in the middle of your high traffic times, you know. So right. But nowadays, ooh, I don't know what would happen. And then, then just think. Say they have this information; it's it's been compromised or whatever, and it comes out, you know, two weeks from now, some kind of way. That's a well, yeah. This is what we found. Good thing you fixed it, kind of thing. And just for a little background, it was independently discovered by uh, a team of security engineers, Riku, Anti, Maddie at Codenomicon, and Neil Meta of Google Security. They first reported it to the OpenSSL team. Uh, so. Good job. I wonder where Richard Hay is on this. I haven't been able to get in touch with him. Um, yeah, there's probably why. <laughs> you know, he's fixing these servers. He's fixing exactly. Yeah, but, I, but I was, I'm curious to get his thoughts on it. You know, what he saw because he works for that stuff firsthand. We we ought to invite him on next week and get his take on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, again, uh, in the fact, there's it goes on. It's like, am I affected by the bug? Which this is kind of interesting. It says you're likely to be affected either directly or indirectly. OpenSSL is the most popular open source cryptographic library and TLS implementation used to encrypt traffic on the net. Your popular social site, your company's site, commerce site, hobby site, site you install software from, or even sites run by your government might be using vulnerable OpenSSL. Many of uh, online services use TLS to both identify themselves to you and to protect your privacy and transactions. You might have networked appliances with logins secured by this buggy implementation of the TLS. Furthermore, you might have client-side software on your computer that could expose the data from that computer if you connect to these compromised services. So, like you said, maybe stay off the net for the next week. Let everything kind of chill out a bit. You know I'm you're gonna not going to do that. Ron Swanson and just go throw my computer away. Right, and we're done. <laughs> Moving on. Next, what's my next hobby? <laughs> I'm going to go invest in a little actual cassette tape recorder, and that's we're all going to get around the conference call, and that's how we're going <laughs> to podcast from now on. <laughs> and our show notes will will use letters like postcards <laughs> <laughs> so definitely something to keep an eye on uh it's gonna get fixed quickly i'm sure if most sites that you use haven't already patched it trust there are people in the background ripping their hair out right now trying to patch it i'm, I'm sure except maybe for okcupid and yahoo <laughs> hilarious unfortunately Unfortunately. Uh, speaking of hacking and security stuff, Ant, your new Tesla Model S is vulnerable also? Oh, my God. Yeah, and 
I found it funny about uh, looking at that story. Um, that Tesla car, it's not a cheap car to my knowledge, right? Nope. Every that time <laughs> my 80-something-year-old my grand, or he's like 90 now, he lives in Woodland Hills of California. Every time he sees one, he, like, calls me up and has to tell me that he just saw another Tesla and if he was a little younger, he'd be getting himself one. <laughs> it is so funny. You go, Gramps. I know, That's right? I, I tried to tell him he should get one, totally. <laughs> I, I saw that story, and, and they made it turn out to look so so simple to, to get into the system on this thing. Literally just plugging in a laptop and going right at it kind of thing. And I'm somewhat not surprised on it because it is a computer and it is network connected or whatever. So there had to be some type of hole somewhere. It just took some diligence to find it. But the the thing that raised my eyebrow was who in the world wants to hack this freaking expensive car and possibly tear up something? You know what I mean? Cause even, even when we root just our little couple hundred dollars smartphones, we are at a risk of tearing up the radios or something and just totally ruining it. The brick? You brick your yeah. car? That's yeah. like on... You brick your freaking gazillion dollar car, man. That's a problem. We were talking know? about that on AOTA last night. If they made actual Android TVs, like it was a TV set, and you tried to root and rom it, and then you bricked it, and it was Good. like this big hanging <laughs> picture of just a blue screen. <laughs> But do you know off the top of your head what the operating system is? The, it's not Android. It's not Tizen. No, it's, it's <laughs> like, not iOS. Is it proprietary? Like I don't know what it is. I believe it is proprietary, but I'm not 100% sure. I think Microsoft software is in a lot of cars. I have no idea about the Tesla. Man, we need to go call up Tony Stark. He can tell us. Well, I was I just going to ask Google. <laughs> In-car Linux? It's a version of Linux. Huh. It's a version of Linux? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, you, yeah, I mean... Where there's holes, you definitely know that. Right, <laughs> depending on which version you're using. We went with an old Red Hat version. It seemed really solid. Yeah. Fedora. <laughs> <laughs> Probably something like... It, though, like it's, it's nice to have... It's, it's nice to have all of that different uh, instrumentation inside of those cars and whatnot and be able to have um, all of the connected stuff and can tell you all of the extra information that you didn't realize you needed, but then you go and screw it up by, you know, passing some other type of commands to it and whatnot. I just thought it was a little risky for someone to even think of doing that to a Tesla. I, I don't know. That's just me, though. Would y'all do that? If you had a Tesla, would you go and try to jailbreak it? No, but I I would go and try and jailbreak somebody else's. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, obviously you're not doing this to your own, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. So you, you, you'd go to your idiot neighbor and <laughs> right. jailbreak his. Can't help but notice you have a Tesla. Yeah. I have this laptop here. Check this out. I'm going to try to get in touch with old Todd Moore. Y'all remember Todd Moore from uh, yeah. Tech? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. I believe he's a, I believe he has a Tesla, and he's a developer. So you know how his his brain works, you know. So I'm I'm going to try to get in touch with him and see what his thoughts are, and if he's even thought about doing something like that to his car. You know? 
Great Isn't idea. it? It's almost like, though, when, like, cars with ECU chips came out and people are like, ooh, look, I can get a modded chip for my car. It's like Xbox modding, right? When you could put a mod chip in your Xbox and download games for it. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. Are you getting, like, better economy? I mean, I don't get, like, what... Yeah. If yeah, you were to you do, do it, because what are you getting out of this? What's the ROI on hacking your car? Are you going to get a prettier display? I guess you you'll be able to toggle your widgets <laughs> on it or something. I <laughs> have know? this widget that's a snow globe <laughs> and a compass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it almost to me it seemed like something like more of an exploit than a hack. Like it's not something yeah. the owner is doing. It's something the bad guy is doing to take advantage of the owner. And I don't know, maybe through that, because your phone's hooked up to it, your credit card's hooked up to your phone, you can get financial information. I, I don't know. You, Good point. Or you're Good. just crashing cars, right? I mean, you can basically do anything at that point. Is it safe to assume that there is a Tesla ecosystem, as in an iOS ecosystem? Well, if there is, Ant, we're not rich enough to know about it, so. Yeah. <laughs> you probably would never find yeah, out. for your Tesla, I don't <laughs> yeah, there's this new techometer app that I want for it. You know? <laughs> it actually shifts for me. It's like an automatic. It's weird. You guys are gonna this is gonna blow your minds when it comes out. Uh so yeah, I don't know. The you will just have to wait and see like if there's any fallout from this. Or are they gonna be D's like Apple and be like, well, there goes your warranty and you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what kind of terms of service come with a Tesla. You know, like you just check the box and sign it or I mean, yeah, do you actually, nobody yeah. reads that. I didn't read that. Yeah. The toss probably says, I dare you to do more than plug this thing in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just dare you. <laughs> and still new. I mean, Still new. I'd be, I would, honestly, I'd be more concerned if there wasn't any bugs in it. Like, you guys seriously wrote, perf really? Perfect? Perfect code? <laughs> Let me see that. Uh, speaking of perfect code, oh, do we have more comments? Are we done with this? Oh, no, I was just saying, it was just a matter of time, you know. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be like the, the guy with the segue, right? That's how it's gonna end. Uh, Speaking of ending, you guys messed up my segue. Uh, Microsoft XP, it's done. It's a done deal. May it rest in peace. <laughs> well, it's not resting because I'm still running it uh, here. I, I keep looking at it, expecting it to just give me the finger and then the blue screen and then just turn itself off, never to be turned on again. But it's recording. Check, check, you check. Know, yeah. That would be epic if it did that. Could you yeah. imagine? <laughs> This I mean, zero day I've the, been holding the back. <laughs> plot to say, okay, it's time for you to at least get Windows 7. You know? It's basically just going to pull a crypto locker and be like, well, we've encrypted everything until you pay us an upgrade to Windows 7. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. their new business model. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be any worse than their, their old one. Uh, yeah, but talked about that a little bit at the, the office today. And. <clears throat> It's amazing because, I mean, you guys have seen the stats of how many people are still running XP. Right. Even certain, like, banks are running XP. 
Um, ATMs, oh, yeah. target yeah. point of sales, lots of stuff, but different versions. We should yeah, sorry, make. Yeah, but to to a to a certain degree, it doesn't really bother me, um, because the people like the banks or what have you, you 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 have to assume they know what they're doing, you know, and and understand what vulnerabilities are out there on it and have made protection. But uh, do they though? Because they're all insured. Do they care? Like if they get popped for a bunch of money, like it's not them that's gonna. I mean, you can all go find another bank, but are people gonna really do that? Yeah, it makes sense. I don't think the consequence is even when they do get hacked, they cover it up. They they don't want that kind of reputation. Don't want it out there, right? You know, my concern is still for the the, and I hate saying it like this, the idiot user base that's still running it. The rest of us still using XP. Clicking on stuff. No, I didn't say anything to you, Mr. Control Alt Delete on a Mac. <laughs> I don't know where the right click is. Now, how yeah, many of you guys tons of XP machines running on the campus? But I think I trust that the guys know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I've assisted some people. I've had to assist some people recently, you know, just off off on the side. It says, Hey man, when you get off the work off work, can you come by and check out this machine and I pull up and they got XP and of course it's loaded up with malware and whatnot. And the first thing I asked them is what was the last thing you did? And <laughs> they get all embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. And was, yeah and, and that's the point. It's, <laughs> I don't know if them being on windows seven would have stopped that. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing, right? You, like there's no cure. There's no, vaccination against dumb computing like you can't click on everything this isn't 1990 like you can't just you got to be careful i feel bad for them and uh i try to suggest a chromebook in all honesty because 99 percent of the time or maybe not 99 but 95 percent of the time the people that are running those old xp machines are still just doing facebook and social media YouTube and that kind of stuff. They're not really doing a lot of productivity on it. So tell them to get a smartphone. Get a smartphone. Go get a smartphone. Here's a here's a tablet. <laughs> like that's, yeah. I mean, that's all the kind of computing they're doing. Like you said, it wouldn't. How many of you guys are running XP still? Any, are any of you still have a XP box that's just ticking along? I wish I did. Are you kidding? No? Am I the only one? Me and Larry, Larry's campus? No, I wish I still had one um, because if I had one, I could have taken it to Best Buy last weekend and got 100 bucks for it to put on a Chromebook. You're kidding. Nice. I'm not kidding. They'll give you $100 for a computer that's running for, for an XP machine, they will take it off your hands, give you $100 credit towards a Chromebook. Now, define machine, because I'm pretty sure I could build an XP machine for 50 bucks and make Dude, 50 bucks. Man, I'm telling you, I was in my closet. I was in my <laughs> bed just trying to find a case and a motherboard. Scavenging. That's all I needed. Scavenging. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you, I have an, an old lab at my school that must have, shit, I, I probably had 30 machines in it. And I think they're all either, I mean, they haven't been touched for years. They're not yeah. hooked up to anything. But they're all either running Windows 2000 or XP. Does that oh, mean man. I could take 30 machines into uh, Best Buy and get $3,000? You know what? You, you could because you're Larry Press. 
These machines are not worth three thousand dollars collectively. They'd be worth three thousand dollars to get them out of the room. <laughs> if any of Larry's students are listening, and you guys see Larry pushing a cart tomorrow at school full of old towers, <laughs> I want a picture of that. It, you guys that need big, to send that big truck. Right, like beep, I know, beep. I know. Where there's a room on my campus that's got just stacked up like in a warehouse, not connected to anything. A whole room full of old XP boxes and Windows 2000s. <laughs> so there, there was an interesting article in in Forbes, kind of taking the other. The other side of it, and uh, I'm kind of curious what, Mike, you have to say about this because you're kind of our, our resident Microsoft guy. But he says this operating system is 13 years old. What do you expect Microsoft to do? Continue, it's like a 13-year-old car. You don't demand that support continues for it. And granted, I'll add something on top of that. Like After 13 years, it's it's a pretty decent OS as long as you're not doing stupid things and you're not running as administrator and you're you know just minding yourself uh, your online habits you gotta be be smart but uh, what do you think mike well i think all of that's true enough you can xp is perfectly serviceable it's just that microsoft has made services available in um, um, windows 7 now windows 8 that I think are far superior to anything you're going to do on on XP. So I don't really understand why people would want to run XP anymore. And you know, I think Microsoft has more than met their commitment to uh, servicing the software and keeping it alive for 13 years. I, I have I have no problem with their end of life uh, on XP. And if anything, they should have done it earlier. Couldn't they just do a, not do end of life, but just say, okay, now you're going to have to pay us so much per month if you want us to keep supporting you? Well, and don't they do that? I mean, isn't... I thought, I thought this is what they did. Right, yeah. Certain I'll versions or companies, certain governments whose infrastructure is run by that, they just pay them, and they'll keep sending them patches for it. Yeah, but that's like true. To... But Larry might have had in mind a consumer solution, which right. Microsoft really hasn't made. Right. It's I mean it's it's planned obsolescence. 13 years later, you want to get that next paycheck. Your users have been living off that same 150 bucks for like 10 years now, you know. And that that's fair enough definitely, but uh to what Mike was saying about like why is anyone still using it? It's I'm it's the most stable thing. Like it there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going to fix something that's not broken and move a terabyte of data and be down for a couple days while I get everything copied over. When something breaks and blows up in this or, or something, hopefully not, but uh, then sure. But I think a lot of people are in the same boat as I'm in. It's like they have this stable system that they've been tweaking on for the last eight years and upgrading here and there, and it just does what it needs to do and it does it really well. I'm going to disagree. You know what? <laughs> we can agree to disagree. That's fine. Have, have you used uh, Windows 7 or Windows 8, man? The laptops are 7. The desktop that does the podcast recording is XP. And I'll tell you, six, seven, seven years almost of podcasting, I've only ever lost one episode to a crash. 
This thing yeah. record. It's so stable. So I I don't know. Until I have a give me a good reason to switch to like, I I don't know. I don't see it for that. For me, Matt, it's just sheer performance. Um, I said this earlier to a colleague. XP was fine until I started installing shit. You know, you you, you go yeah. and put Steam on there and start running your video games, and I swear Steam would not run unless you had a freaking three four hundred dollar video card in it. You know, this shit, that's that's not necessary. Well, right, and that yeah. that kind of goes back to my point of like the use case. The last game I played on this thing was Half Life Two. Like, yeah. I don't I don't do that on that. I play games on my Android tablet. If you're trying to get the latest and greatest, yeah, you're going to be on 64-bit Win 7, probably. So, so basically, you have a licensed uh, Chrome OS box. I have a license to ill. <laughs> yeah, no, basically, I have like this this hacked XP torrent box that records podcasts three days a week, yeah. you know, and it's stable and bulletproof. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I, it, when I had XP, I I can't count how many times I freaking reformatted that thing just to see. Just I haven't done that. Good. I run Spinrite on it like once a year when the hard drive starts tapping, and then it's good. I haven't done anything to this machine. I think I put RAM in it. <laughs> like that was a RAM stick burned out. And that was cuz I didn't blow it out for like a year and there was it was gross. But it yeah, I don't know, man. I, now I, watch, I somebody's going to somebody's going to hack this thing now and I'm going to have to do it and it's going to be your fault, not mine. <laughs> you put out the challenge. Bro. I, I have a question. Mike, is there any software that or uh, system calls or anything that are unique to XP that, that aren't supported in subsequent releases so that it would break some software if it weren't running on XP? You know, I don't think so. Uh, when, when uh, you know, the replacement to XP was Vista, and when Vista was first released, it required new device drivers, and for a year, year and a half, there was a lag while device driver writers sort of caught up. And there might today be some very old equipment out there for which there are no modern device drivers. My so zip drive. My zip drive only works on XP. <laughs> I, you still have uh, uh, one of those iOmega? iOmega. Oh and then gosh, after that, iOmega. I Omega made one of the first external CD burners, and I remember I went from the zip drive I Omega to the big purple CD burner. Holy it was God. like dual speed or quad speed burning. It was ridiculous, but it was cool because I could burn music now. <laughs> yeah, and, and if I recall correctly, that drive uh, stores like uh, 840 kilobytes. <laughs> the zip? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know those old XP machines? I Perfect for out. hashes. Bigger than that. <laughs> All I need is 64K to, to put this hash real quick. Oh, dude, dude. Let me, let me ask you guys something. Um, It's been 13 years. That's what you said earlier, right, Matt? How, how long are we supposed to have a... a you know, what is the iterative cycle for OSs? You know, is it four years? Well, what we've gotten, what, it's what changed, right? Now, We're all used to it now on our phones getting free OS updates with oh. Android and with iOS. Like, we don't like this having to 
pay for it now. But, I mean, XP was what? Once a year, unless you count service packs? Yeah. To 7, to or Vista to 7 to... And what's Linux? I mean, there's always updates for that stuff as things are fun, right? Yeah. I was just curious because, again, it's been 13 years but, and there's still people running it religiously, <clears throat> as in our producer. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> it just makes you wonder, you know, can we expect that same performance with Windows 7 and Windows 8? You know, 10 years from now, are we going to be seeing the same song with the Windows 8? You know, okay, we're done with support on Windows 8 because we're currently running Windows 12 or what have Won't yeah, something yeah, shift? I think that day will come. I don't know if it's eight years from now or when it is, but sure. And Windows 8 will end of life. I think it'll mm-hmm. shift. It'll turn into what Chrome does, and we'll just yeah, get updates in the back and major like UI refreshes and stuff like that will will be more noticeable. But I think a lot of this, this back-end stuff that users don't ever see, I think it'll... They're getting to the point where they can push like something major like that and have it not crash the machine. Almost. We're almost there. I've seen um, Microsoft updates cause some blue screens in the last few months, so... Yeah. No, yeah Mike, Mike, you were subscribing to, to everything. Mike, you say 10 years. You, um, Mike, you were mentioning about drivers and how that was sort of a slowdown with the new versions that yeah. came out. There was another thing that was a problem as well. Um because I remember doing a lot of uh, just testing with it, and that was for ActiveX controls, legacy wow. legacy ActiveX control sites. And yeah. even even today, that's still a battle with, um, with uh, what is it, IE11, I believe that's what's out now. Whatever the latest version of that, to where now the latest fix in it is you don't necessarily have to have two executables where one executable was 32-bit versus another executable being 64-bit. It has like an emulation built into it that's supposed to work with all of these legacy ActiveX websites. Now, granted, a lot of the popular websites you go to now has all of that stuff updated, and they're begging you to use an updated browser, you know, something that's that's a little higher than, I want to say, IE8. But every now and then, there's going to be some mom-and-pop company that's running their service and has to have some old legacy website that's using old-school ActiveX controls, and they'll they'll have some issues with it. They'll switch <laughs> to Java. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, I mean, you still think that that's a issue? Is that primarily uh, apt to arrive at? Uh, arise in gaming situations? No, no I guess it could be anywhere. Yeah, it's actually more so outside of the gaming world. Uh-huh. Um, I, I still have a few legacy websites um, that I have to deal with day-to-day that battles with that. And the only way around it is to manually go in to the trusted site settings and and pretty much turn off all of the ActiveX control security settings. <laughs> That sounds That's a bummer. That sounds yeah. healthy. Yeah, real healthy. <laughs> but I remember when uh, the Windows 8 beta came out, that was the first thing to come to my mind. It's okay, well how will this run legacy websites, mm-hmm. you know? And so I went through the doc or fact that they had on Windows 8 back then and 
that was one of the things that that they touted was, okay, you can now run legacy ActiveX controls. And, ooh, no, not so much. I still yeah. have to make it a trusted site. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just do not. <laughs> I'll pass. Well, and didn't XP stop getting IE updated? Wasn't it like 7 or 8 was the last version for XP? So if you have like people that are mm-hmm. running XP and using IE, that's all they have. They don't have mm-hmm. that other version that has all that stuff fixed. IE8 is where it stopped. I'm sure they have bigger problems than wondering why Silverlight doesn't work for Netflix or something. Oh, Silverlight. <laughs> That's one thing I fight with on the XP box is Chrome and Silverlight and Netflix. Just like the moon's got to be <laughs> waxing for like it, it's so weird. And then if you like crash it and refresh it, it'll freeze. And then if you wait, sometimes you'll get the thing and then it'll work. But sometimes you got to crash it again. It's really weird. <laughs> Other than that, so stable though. Have I told you? How stable this is? Yeah, sure, sir. Sure. All right, all right. Well, so, I mean, if you don't want to switch, you don't have to right now or uh, as long as you're using it carefully. But probably you should just get a Chromebook. <laughs> just get a Chromebook. Right? Seriously, That's man. problem solved. Or just use your phone. Bucks. Just use your phone. Your phone does that too. Jeez. So, uh, speaking of phones, did you guys, do you, any of you guys use, I know Ant doesn't use Facebook. I don't know if you guys use Facebook, Facebook Messenger uh, on the phones. I used to use it, but then one of the updates added a thing in the permissions that was like, we want all of your SMS stuff. And then I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So I wiped it. And just (laughs) use the regular Facebook app also has a built-in chat to it. So I just started using that like it's any safer apparently they're moving now to just straight up remove that built-in messenger from their main app uh the article on apple insider says to reduce friction i i kind of think it's it's like another way you know how a while ago they did an update and they added a camera app and it was like why do you keep adding these apps of apps i already have but like use our facebook camera app and they make the icon look like your camera thing. but it, So they're kind of doing that with this now, right? So instead of using the messenger here, here's another icon called messenger, which is how many you have now, like three or four <laughs> that are called messenger. <laughs> I think Google's cleaned up theirs a bit because they had theirs also, and it was just... It took them long enough. It did, right? But they're there, so and that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, but yeah, so they're, uh, Facebook's going to just start phasing this out. So if you're using the app... Uh, and not Messenger, like a lot of us are, because you don't like that permission, uh, you may see it disappear soon. So, good job, Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody cares. You guys don't care. <laughs> What's Facebook? Facebook. I've heard of that. <laughs> that <Okay>. expression, Mike. <laughs> Classic. Well, I, some I, of us. I thought about a Facebook account. Just to open it up like a phony one just to see what would happen. Just to troll people? You're missing out. See, half of the fun of Facebook is like seeing people that you used to know post stupid stuff and then like leave snarky comments about it. Like that Mm. is that is the majority of of the fun of Facebook. I don't know. One of these days. Stay one and 
I never, ever, ever use it. And every day I get suggestions for new prints and stuff. They're, they just, they will not give up. They are relentless. You're, you're a member. I'm not. Member. They feel like you're not. They're not serving you as well as they could be. Oh no, they are serving me as well as they could. No, but they could no. serve you better. You just need oh. to give them more information. They're doing everything I need them to do already. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that? What is your? Send me spam every day. But what is? Why do you have it? Like, what I, is your use case? I signed up for Facebook when it first came out, and to do day. what? Troll for tail? Like, what are you doing? I sign up for shit stuff all the time, just out of curiosity. Just out of curiosity? I signed up for Facebook when it first came out, and I looked at it, and they asked me questions like, what is your uh, sexual status? Are you hooking up or whatever? (laughs) Wait, this is not for me. Well, they need to know if they're going to show you, you know, pictures of this or pictures of that. Yeah. They need to know your status. What's your status? Did you get a diaspora account? What's that? All right, moving on. <laughs> it's Did like o- it's open source Facebook that never took oh, off. Bad deal. No, no. And what was? Uh, yeah, what was the one that was? It was like a decentralized. Was that diaspora? There was one from Canada, right? I don't know yeah, if it's Canadian, know. but yeah, anyway. I think that was it. All right, uh, speaking of decentralized, check this out. The Project Aura developer kit, almost ready. Almost. If you guys are familiar with this, Project Aura, it's that modular phone yeah. design. Yeah, modular that, phone. Yeah, it's a, the Lego phone, right? That's what we, yeah. we talked about this a little bit on AOTA. Um, they're saying they're just weeks away from uh, Google I.O., the developer conference, and the marketing wheel behind the modular phone is heating up. Uh, this latest bit of info comes from Google, so you know it's legit. Uh, they say, unlike most development kits, which commonly address the software side of gadgets, the MDK primarily targets hardware manufacturers or OEMs who will be creating compatible modules. So instead of the developer making their app, right, or this piece of software, you're a developer wondering what can I put in a module, hardware, and software, and plug into this phone to give it capability that maybe it didn't have before or to do something better. Maybe instead of one battery, you switch out to your solar-powered battery or something like that. I don't know, something like that. It says Google itself has little or no plans to create modules, probably outside very basic ones, and will instead be licensing the modules. It will, however, be creating the officially approved endoskeleton that provides the frame and core connections of the module smartphone. So, okay, very I, I have some some questions. I think the modular setup is is pretty innovative and can be rather convenient for upgrading your phone, whether it's memory, whether it's a new camera optics and whatnot, but most of our smartphones are like this thick, right? You know, they're very, very thin and not all that big. And we go and start swapping out pieces. How big are these pieces? You, If you look at the, the camera on your phone, it's a very, very small little thing. And you're trying to tell me that we can take average consumers and allow them to just snap in new optics and snap in an extra 
a, a bit of RAM on it or, or what have you. Is this really going to work for smartphones? I like the idea, but what about the common dude trying to fix this stuff up? Well, you have you have the shells, right? You have the different size shells, and within those you can fit the different sizes, one by two, two by two. And depending on what you want to do with it, I guess, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see one, right, and see, like, mm-hmm. how this really works or if it literally is Legos and it's, like, this big and a cube that you have to hold. I don't know. But yeah, if well, you scroll down about- in the article, there's they show, like, the mini, the medium, and the large, the different endoskeletons, and then little dots kind of corresponding to what you could, in theory, switch in and out, Uh Different speakers, different cameras, different sensors, uh, different keyboards. If you're doing like a, I don't know, a coffee shop, you can insert a ten key or a QWERTY, depending on what you're typing in. I don't know, just random things like that, I guess. But it'll be interesting to see, like what it says. It's true though. It's a real. It's a more. It's a more difficult mechanical engineering problem. Yeah. Than software problem. Well, I mean, Matt, you remember you remember the XI three computer and how it was modular, and right. that was again that wasn't fairly big, but it was big enough to be able to just easily slide different things in and connect different things. Uh, I'm looking at imagine that with your Moto X, you know, imagine having to do something with your Moto X. It's not a big phone, but it's not a small phone, but still a camera optic. And sliding that in and upgrading that. You know, I I hear what you're saying, Ant. I'm the guy who freaks out every time I have to move a SIM card from one. Yes, a SIM card, yes. You know, it just, I I screw it up every time. (laughs) Sometimes I screw it up really badly. Yes. And I think of myself as, you know, basically okay with this stuff. Are you guys even comfortable messing around inside your laptops? Yes, I am, but it's still small. A laptop, too many little screws. It's yeah. I'm with you, Larry. I like that stuff, but it's still small. I don't expect an average consumer to do that stuff. But I mean, I've been trained to to dink around with a tiny laptop motherboard and and ribbons and all of that. Hey, listen, listen. Can you can you take your laptop battery out? Yes. Are we all here capable of doing that? Yes. Okay, because that's pretty much what this is going to be like. But a laptop battery is about five inches. Yeah. Yeah. Your phone itself is five inches. It's that but smaller. Like, look at this picture and tell me you wouldn't be able to handle this. I'm not saying me. I'm saying an average consumer. You know what? I have more faith in the average consumer than you, pessimist, and I think that they could handle this. (laughs) Look at it. Look at the pictures. (laughs) <laughs> Look at them. I'm going to screen share this Show stuff so that Please you can look at the pictures. <clears throat> look at this. Now tell me you can't. I didn't get a screen share. I just got a changed aspect ratio. No. <laughs> Give it a minute to refresh, Larry. Now I've got hand screening face, and now the aspect ratio is back to where it was. There you go. Just click on the yats, <clears throat> and you'll see it. Okay, I think we could handle that. They're like blocks. They're like blocks, but they're five inches. You know, the one thing with that picture doesn't. How big are those little blocks? Like that's this big. Like yeah. how big? 
That's a, I'm I'm betting five inches, and that's it. There's no facts, so I can't find out. But if you look at then now look at this look at this one here, okay? This article on Android community. Here's here's what the layouts look like. I think people are going to be able to handle that. And maybe this isn't maybe this isn't the phone for like mom and dad, right? I I think this is I the phone for me and you. SIM card analogy nailed it. No, right SIM cards are tiny, dude. This is the phone for me and you, not for our parents, maybe. But this is it. Okay, so now now you're starting to come towards my side. This is for me and you, not our parents. You know, so but you're already classified. You know God features, damn it! That that strikes me as a good way to pack, put laptops together. It I is. It's like the I laptop battery. My laptop the way I can with a desktop. Yeah. You you remember the Dells that you could slide there. You could slide the drives out. Yeah. The old um the old Latitude series, the old five to six hundred Latitude series, you could just slide them in and out. Right. They have the drives, and you could put different stuff in it, or a card, an Ethernet card. Yep. This is like the PCM CIA slot for your phone. Yeah. Like it. Only on about a 100th scale. Right. <laughs> because our technology is that much better. Things are smaller now. More powerful. Smaller now. I can't wait for you to get one of those in your hands, Matt Lee, and watch it live stream and you cussing like hell. And it's not the size. It's how you use it. Come on. <laughs> There's a mini, a medium, and a large with all sorts of possibilities for valid endo right. configurations. The truth is we're just speculating. If they really made it so you just go click, 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 it'll work. It will. I have faith in these developers that are getting these MDKs because they're going to build cool stuff. And if not, whatever. This is is something left over for Motorola, isn't it? Yes. That's the one thing they kept, right? Or one of the things that they, they held on to. Uh, Larry, tell me about your son paying $22 a month for amazing internet service. Uh, oh if you in, go to follow that link, you'll see a picture of his, of his internet service bill. He has 100 megabits per second, uh, both ways, symmetric. He, he actually, his service really, it lists for $35 a month, but because he signed up a two-year contract, he gets it for $22 a month. And it's he has three three highly competitive. Uh, there you go. Is the picture there? No, yeah, it's three highly competitive uh, companies that he can buy from. Uh, that's makes me jealous. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. That's it. I'm moving. <laughs> it's almost either hey Mike either that or Kansas City. Well, and just think, yeah, I mean. North Korea is like just right there. I mean, that would be the best place to live. Beautiful vacation spots, I hear. Or what's your son doing in South Korea? He's uh, he's living there. He's he's teaching, and he's been there for about a year. He has had a Korean girlfriend, sort of an on and off relationship for about at least ten years, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's back on. And he (laughs) may stay there. He may he's he's got a good job, and and he's and he likes his girlfriend right now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, anyhow, he's, 
you know, it's just incredible how much better his deal is. As well as, it's not just South Korea. There are a number of countries we're really falling behind because we don't have any competition in the Internet service industry. That's the key, right? That's the key. How many of each of you guys, how many choices do you have for an Internet service provider? Let me see. Two. Two. You have two? Well, oh, well, I have Comcast and... Uh... What's the AT&T offering? U-verse. U U-verse. U-verse. You can get both of those at your house? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't have two options. And I'm in a sort of West L.A. Yeah, I have two options only. Really? Cable or DSL, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm not um, counting DSL. Yeah, I can have 1.5 megabit per second DSL, but I don't consider that an alternative. Is DSL not? Because in that case, then just just one unless you count Verizon but th- it's not like Verizon home service i can just like use my phone you know so we have one cable which is charter now cuz they bought yeah, optimum who bought bresnan who bought whatever the hell it was before that uh and then we have centrytel centrylink wherever they're called now but that's dsl so larry doesn't count that <laughs> well i count ds i i don't care the technology but let's say it's got to be a minimum of a- 10 megabits per second. So one five doesn't count? Okay. <laughs> I don't know where the cutoff is. I, I can get I can get DSL here, and it's like 2 megabits per second or something. Uh, I don't count that. <laughs> but you get that all the time, right? What do you mean? <clears throat> I mean, my cable oh. is 30 oh, megabits, yeah. but not when everybody's using it. It's not asymmetric. DSL is generally asymmetric, right? So you get your 1.5 or 2 well, or you whatever. you got your 1.5 to the central office, but how many people does... What what kind of bandwidth does Verizon have coming out of the back of that central office? Well, yeah, it's not... It's Yeah, it's not Verizon, yeah. but yeah. And that's another thing. If, if you read the post, my, uh, my son sent me a link to a kind of a review site that reviews all these... Uh, reviewed all the ISPs, and they conclude that they're extremely competitive and their service is wonderful, and, you know, they'll be out to your house within an hour. So they're very reliable and very service And how many choices are there? He has uh, – there are three major ones, and he thinks he has a fourth, but he's not even sure. So is not. that why? Is it more than two? Once you get above two, everyone's trying to be that one instead of – Number three? No, I don't think because I, I, I wish that were the case, but if there are two or even three in this country, they get together and they do it. They collude. Collusion. Uh, and, and that is a question I asked in my post. What is it they're doing in Korea to stop that from happening? And there must be either uh, they're doing some regulation that stops it, or the, uh, maybe the ISPs are using shared in, uh, shared infrastructure that's you know built by the, the city or the country. I don't know how the Internet works there, but I think if we have three ISPs, even if you had three ISPs available to you, they would collude and, and set oligopoly prices. They wouldn't compete like mad dogs. Would it blow your mind if the reason the Internet there was so good was because of North Korea? Hmm. Because, I mean, that story, you know, Sweden, I did a post many years ago on Sweden. We, we are, it's not just South Korea. 
for one thing. And and no, I don't see. I don't think that North Korea, the threat of North Korea, is pushed them in. No, I meant like they were the ones like in the dark making making it like that. I don't, never mind. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, we're just screwed up, man. Totally. Totally. And now oh, I saw a post today. Comcast has has been claiming that that it's okay that they buy up Time Warner because they're not in any of the same cities, so they don't compete with each other. And it turns out that a couple of years ago, when they wanted to buy uh, NBC Universal, they were going on about how great a competitor Time Warner was, and how the competition with Time Warner is what you know would keep them from uh, from discriminating in favor of NBC content. I mean, they're just those people are shameless liars. <laughs> you tell them, Larry. <laughs> I, I don't see any redeeming social value in any of those people. So there. No, you you're 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 right. I mean, when South Park spoofs you that bad, you're doing Go something South wrong. <laughs> Go South Park. Oh man, did you? Oh man. I'll put a link to a, a, a clip of that just oh, in case. Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. It's it's. I heard that on. Uh... It was the same episode that Minecraft. They they did the Minecraft thing because then the kids went to the cable company and they're like, "We want our parents to stop doing that." And the cable guys were like, "Oh yeah, that's too bad. Why don't you go to the other cable company?" Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And just you guys ever listen? There's a podcast called On the Media. Yeah. Which is good, and they played those excerpts. They played uh, the the uh, South Park deal. Uh, on, on the media. It's so yeah, good. I think I'll link to it on my on my blog somewhere. Actually, I'll I'll see if I can find it. So basically, the moral of the story is: uh, the people should get together and build their own ISP, and then give the major ISPs uh, the finger. So, all right. Yeah, when you say the people, I think municipal projects is one poss- real possibility, and of course, all those guys like. Uh, the big ISPs are all fighting to get those outlawed in court. Um, but the FCC says they may step in on that. Who knows? Um, but yeah, municipal is a possibility. Uh, Google to the rescue. Right. Could Google single-handedly just tell all of the ISPs, like, you know, you guys have been kicking this along pretty well for the last 15 years. We're gonna we're gonna step in now. We we got this. We got we got they're this from here. Noises as if they're very serious about that, right? But whether they're real noises or whether they're noises just trying to kick Comcast in the butt, I don't know. But I can tell you this: like in Kansas, for example, Google, uh, you know, got their attention. So then they try to get a law passed in the state of Kansas that no municipality can offer internet service, and Google, you know, does it in conjunction with, you know, they're they're highly tied in with the city to, to do it. So it, those guys, they're fighting it all over the place. Um, though the FCC has said they're going to look at that, at those laws that outlaw municipal uh, ISPs, and maybe they can make them go away somehow. But you know the encouraging thing? Uh, with all this doom and gloom, we're talking about it. People on the street are starting to talk about it. Uh, I think people realize that we're really being screwed over. And so maybe it'll become a political issue and, and something will really happen. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. It's not just geeks that are talking about it. It's in the newspapers. 
so on and so forth. But in the meantime, you should go to Korea if you want fast service. Absolutely. Or, <laughs> or, or just can't. or just Korea beg Google. Thank you, Joyce. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, everybody. Fantastic show. YetAnotherTaxShow.com. That's our site. Check it out. Catch Aunt Pruitt's Point and Shoot Smartphone Photographer Hangout tomorrow. That is correct, sir. Tell us about the last one. How that? Last one we did uh, local landmarks. We got everybody to get outside and go take pictures of their local landmarks. And this was pretty daggum creative. And I ended up putting it not only on SmartphonePhotographers.com, but it's also on a new domain.com slash .net. It's a nice little gallery of all of the stuff from around the globe of people wow, taking nice. their landmarks. Very cool, Land. Very good, yeah. That's awesome. So check that out tomorrow night, uh, AOTA on Tuesdays, and of course, yeah, it's every Wednesday. We're on iTunes. Give us a review. We appreciate that. You can catch us on Stitcher also. Uh, yet another texture.com. That's our site. So we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.